podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And we're here today to talk about a link that kind of came out of right field or right backfield, if you want to uh, use that pun. And somebody that I didn't really know a whole pile about. And instead of sitting here and trying to tell you guys that I knew a bit about him, but I haven't had any chance to study him, I was talking to my good mate, Steve, here from uh, Villa Analytics that everybody here, I'm sure, knows very well. And uh, Steve knows a, knows a decent bit about him. So I said, hey, why don't you come on and, and, and let's chat about him? Welcome back, Steve. It's been a long time since uh, since we've chatted on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for having me back. Not at all. Anytime, anytime. But so Aston Villa, obviously, we've... we've um, Diver- I was going to say diverted a lot of funds, but we spelt an awful lot so far, I suppose, on, on, on two uh, incomings and a, a free transfer. But obviously we were all, I think, quietly, I think everybody was waiting for us to get in those kind of uh, squad filler or maybe those potential signings. And this looks to be one of the first ones uh, that we're seeing. Um, as I say, Mark Pubil. Uh, Pubble, Pubil, I'm going to call him. I'm going to alternate between the two and pretend that I, I know how, how to pronounce his surname. Um, from Levante, right back. Bit of a giant. Talk to me about him because I, I watched two games of his today already, but uh, I didn't make too many notes on him. But um, I want to know a small bit more about him. So uh, let's go. Tell me all about him. Yeah, I think the first thing that jumps off the page is definitely the height, isn't it? Six foot yeah. three. He is absolutely massive. Um, and I think he, he uses his body quite well when he plays. Um, he has, I think quite often when you see these younger guys that are so tall, uh, they don't really have a great understanding of their frame. You know, you look at like Kai Havertz, for example, can sort of yes. trip over his own feet a bit. And I don't think that's really an issue for him. Um, I think he's quite clever with his body, likes to lean into players when he's got the ball um, and uses physicality to try and win it back. Um, it's a very, very Emery signing, I think, in terms of the fact he's... A lot of his data would sort of point him out to be a centre-back playing right-back. Um, which mm. is something we might expect from Emery, um, liking that right back to tuck in. But also, w- when the time comes for him, he's very, very direct down that right flank. He loves making just bombarding runs forward, playing give and goes, one twos. That's what his game is all about going forward and putting those deep crosses in. Yeah, it's like as I say, I only kind of out of the corner of my eye watched a couple of games. And one thing you mentioned there that he knows how to use his body, get his arm around, across players uh, when they're trying to get around him, or or you know, uh, John McGinn style, you know, shove that arse out into the out into the open space to try and uh, try and um, make him a bigger target to, to to run around. And I saw that I watched the game against Alvish, and he did, I was actually it was Albacete, and he did that. He chased the guy down from quite a distance. He's fat. He he looked fast to me. In, in the games that I saw, good recovery speed anyway. Um, I don't know what he's like running with the ball. Um, I didn't take much notice of it, but I remember one or two times I saw that he had pretty decent recovery speed. And he looks like he's he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. I suppose I'd expect a former Spanish under-19 to be pretty comfortable with the ball at his feet. But he is. And, and, and that's what, you know... Okay, I fell for the for the stereotype of six-foot-three young, young kid who, who looks like a centre-back playing right-back. But his feet didn't look like an issue to me at all. What do you think, Steve? 
Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think that relationship with the ball um, for his height is is, is really impressive. Um, he, he's good in tight spaces, good when he's pressed against the touchline. But I think one thing when he's on the ball, he's much, much better when he's facing the way he wants to go. Mm. I think he's a little bit uncomfortable when he's got his back turned to the play, getting pressure from behind. And he can sort of tend to just swipe at the ball a bit and just get it out of danger. Um, maybe you'd like to see him develop a little bit more composure. Um, but when he when he is driving with the ball, he's he's so touch tight. He's got a great first touch as well. And I really agree with what you say in terms of his recovery pace. I think those long legs, the long strides, it allows him to cover like large distances over quite qu quite quickly, really. Um, so yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, just after thinking of uh, there was a situation like so we've talked an awful lot about him defending and we're going to alternate between the two just as bits pop into my mind because I've got no show notes for this one um, but I remember there was a passage of play it was around if you guys want to go back and watch the game they played against Alves last year um, I think it was around the 50th minute 51st minute he picks up a loose ball on the edge of the area and just because you mentioned when he was you know he's close to the touchline tight spaces uh, he picked up the ball on the edge of the area and he was kind of forced out towards the touchline. And he does a little pirouette and nutmegs the guy that, uh, that's, that's coming towards him. And then mm -hmm. continues on to get the cross into the box. Now, the, the cross, was, cross was, uh, was cleared. But I looked at it and I was kind of going, didn't expect that, no. Certainly did not expect him to do that. And I'm not going to say, I'm not saying that that's uh, a massive part of his game. But when we talk about um, his usefulness or his ability to be able to use the ball, he has a bit of cockiness about him as well, which I think, uh, you know, for a 20 year old, you know, you mentioned that when he's facing away from the play or when he's got his back, you know, if he's his back to, to, to the play facing against his own goals, I think that could just really be a 20 year old playing senior football you know it could mm -hmm. be that cautiousness that ultra cautiousness i don't want to be the next jimmy Traore kind of a situation and uh that that could be it but um yeah he's he, he does have a, a bit about him going forward as well albeit that he's he's more defensive uh minded but he does have a small bit going about him going forward i think he scored a goal last season if i'm not mistaken have you seen anything of him going forward because i've taken very little notes other than that pirouette against Elvis. yeah so he he's not really much of like a penetrative passer creator uh, yet. I think he would benefit from starting to attack the byline a bit more in the way we see from Alex Moreno. Um, and I I think I think really I like what you say about his problem being a twenty year old playing senior football um, because I think that's the case with a lot of his problems and that's why I think I think right now he he's not not really at the level of the team. Um, but in terms of his potential, so many of his problems are the right problems to have at that age. Um, it's, mm. it's fixable stuff. Um, go, going forward, yeah, he, he, he's got good link-up play, very good driving with the ball. Um, and I think there, there's no reason why he can't develop into a sort of real attacking asset because of how much he likes to overlap. He loves to get ahead of the ball. And mm -hmm. really the give and go, I think, is what you see from him so often. Because he's so so two-footed, by the way, um, dribbling and passing with his with his weak foot, he's so so comfortable, and that allows him to just sort of play against the touchline. You he knows how to use his skills well, um, play the ball inside, get ahead of the ball, and if he just adds that sort of driving to the touchline from there to his game, I, I think he can be a great attacking asset. 
Yeah, and he seems to be able to ping a long ball as well. Now, obviously, once again, playing on that right at that right back, they were really just kind of straight balls over the the top of the of the other uh, the other fullback to 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 a winger or whatever, or maybe to an, a marauding Wesley uh, Morris, former or current Aston Villa player, should I say? Um, maybe that's where this has come from. Maybe they spotted him while they were had some scouts out there looking at Wesley last season. Things like this happen, you know, and uh, it could have just been a a, a, a a circumstance thing whereby um, but Manchi comes in and goes, do you know what, there's a good kid at Levante. And then Johan Langer is there going, yeah, actually, is his name Mark Pubel? And then he goes, yeah, that's him. Oh, yeah, we spotted him last year when we had scouts out there watching Wesley and seeing what his, his progress was like. You know, these things happen, and that's why um, uh, they can be kind of serendipitous in that, in, in, in that way. But he's... Um, I, 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 I didn't notice he was two-footed, I will be honest. But then again, as I say, I was only paying fleeting interest in, in the games at the time. Um, but what I did notice from him was, uh, now we, we spoke about a 20-year-old playing football, playing, playing senior football, uh, and maybe the decision-making was uh, cautious. But he's not very cautious when he dives into the tackle. He has no problem fronting up with men, you know, with actual with, with actual men. Like you know, I've seen him, I've seen him jump into tackles, uh, win the ball. I've seen him jump into tackles and absolutely blow a man out of it. Uh, it was one or two that I saw that I couldn't believe he didn't get a other card for, and that was in the same game. But uh, you know, so he's not. He's caught. He's cautiously. He doesn't lose the ball, but he's not cautious of, uh, you know, making sure that he's friends with the man that he's marking. What, what do you make of that? Do you, did you see that? Did that come across to you, or is there is there anything else from his defensive side of things that you've seen? Yeah, I, I had in my notes that he's a bit snappy uh, defensively. <laughs> um, but what what I do like about his aggression is that he's quite quick in his first step, and he's got those again those long legs. Um, so you see him make a lot of interceptions because he's so quick mm-hmm. to that first ball because he is willing to like, you know, maybe take a bit of a risk, dive into it. And more often than not, you'll see him getting there. Um, the one thing I saw from his defensive game that worries me a little bit and probably my biggest issue with him is he, he has this tendency to sort of run away from the ball while, he, while he's okay. following his winger. And there, there was a couple clips I've seen where, you know, the ball would like hit him on the back and he would get a bit lucky. Um but I think he, he needs a bit of coaching. He needs to cut that out of his game and be a bit more aware of what's happening behind him because sometimes he will just be just be sprinting away from the play, basically trying to get back and, and cover his winger. And is is it a case? Do you think? Sorry to jump in, but is it, just to clarify, it is it a case that you think he's he's at the stage probably once again a twenty year old problem whereby you're trusting your athletic ability above all else? Is it something like that? Yeah, I I think it's a bit of that and also a bit of just he hasn't had a coach come along and say, stop that, um, <laughs> which which hopefully um, you and I, Emery, will do uh, if we do pick him up. Um, the, the other thing I noticed as well is when he's up against sort of small, you know, bursty, tricky, pacey wingers, um, he can struggle a little bit just because because of his height, if they're really trying to turn him inside out while he's snapping at, snapping at the ball there, keeping it away from him, he, he can get a little bit confused over his legs. Um, but mostly it's, you know, it's reasonably, reasonably impressive from a fullback at his age. It's mm. about what I want to see, I'd say. Who would you liken him to, Steve? I, I, I'm going like, I know if FB ref likens him to Serge Aurier. I think it's actually quite a decent, a decent, uh, call on that you know 
he's not the full, he's not the the the, the rounded player just yet. I, I I thought at one stage Serge Aurier was going to be a rounded player. I don't think he ever really was. Um, but the reason that I picked him from the guys that FBRF mentioned was a lot of people when they think of that Villarreal team that, that Unai Emery had, they think of the one fight who was very very important. But Serge Aurier was always also on that team as well, you know, and 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 that Villarreal team, or maybe he came the year afterwards. And it's just interesting. A similar player type of a similar height, similar uh, skill set. Um, obviously, at, at a very, very good moldable age. If he's similar to him now, maybe Unai Emery sees that as a type of player. Maybe, maybe the one fight thing it was was coincidence or kind of circumstantial at, at VRL, and maybe it really was that other type of player he was looking for. Because I'm on the bus. I've always been on the bus. I think I'm the lone lone shouter at the moment that says Unai Emery has had fullbacks that were like five foot six, five foot seven for the majority of his career, you know, and one fight is the outlier, not the actuality usually. Um so do you think that this is uh the 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 it's just coincidental that he's kind of similar to a Serge Arrier? Do you or who would you liken him to? Because maybe well, I'm talking out of my hat. I, I interestingly when I looked at him I saw a little bit of Matty Cash. Um okay. in term in terms of just the way the way he handles the ball at times, the way he turns on the ball, um, the way he likes to cross from deeper positions. Um, I, I also like the Ore comparisons. I, I said earlier, I think it's very, very Emery. Um, I think he's again potentially, potentially he, he's not going to be a guy for this level. Um, mm. But I think profile-wise, it is exactly sort of the best of both worlds of what Emery would want out of a fullback in terms of a guy that can can sit in, can play a bit deeper, play with a bit of physicality, um, and also advance down the wing, overlap and get to the byline. Um, I, I, th- I think it's a very, very interesting one. Um, and yeah, in, in, term, in terms of one player, one player to liken him to, I don't think I could come up with anyone better than Aurier. Yeah. Well, as I say, from just from a, um, I, I'm really just going the fact that he's that big, lanky, rangy type of fullback that that can go forward and has a bit of discipline issues. That's essentially where I'm coming at that mm-hmm. one from. So, um, it's it, it it would be interesting. Um, I don't even know what what kind of money's been quoted. I was checking my phone there. I wasn't losing. I wasn't you. It wasn't anything that you were saying. It was my phone flashed up there and it was uh, a notification. And I'm just trying to get it again. It was to do with uh, it was to do with this. I can't find it again. Um, apparently, it's a five million fee that Levante are looking for an event. Yeah, that's what get I him seen. off the books to, to help with the with, with their financial. I don't know, with income and outgo- outgoings. You know, I don't know what the story is. Yeah. Did you see that? You saw that as well. Sorry, your your audio broke up. Did you see the five oh, million as well? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Um, I I think that's it's quite a good deal. And uh, in, t- in terms of the potential, um, he could go on to be the perfect guy for the role. If he doesn't, I think he he'd be a great backup player. And at five million, we can easily sell him for a profit. So low risk, high reward. That's what we like. Whenever I think of five million, there's one player that always bounces inside my cranium. Whenever I think of five million. And it's Aaron Tipsoba. Is that how you pronounce his name? The guy that Villa bought from um, Tishbola. Sorry, Tishbola. Oh, that's yeah, how you yeah, pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, bought from Reading. Reading. Never yeah. did anything and uh, bounced around for a while. We bought him for five minutes. I thought he was going to be a star um, mm-hmm. before I really started looking at players, but like he was really highly thought of. But whenever I think of five million, I can go, 
I'm okay with wasting five million because poor Aston Villa did that. Rich Aston Villa can surely do that on a player who's trying who's in Spanish under 19. And look, sometimes you've got to speculate to accumulate. Brighton didn't pay peanuts for the majority of the players that they got. You know, yes, there's one or two stories out there, but they've paid money for some of those players that they have that are now coming through. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, so you got to pay five million for potential. You know, if you want to get them young, get them early, and then blood them in, in your team, give them maybe eighteen months or, or a year within uh, within the coaching structure. So uh, five million is really pennies in a dollar if you can if he's if his value goes up sixfold. You know, over the mm-hmm. course of uh, a short space of time, and that's the Brighton model. Um, so so five million, I think, could be cool. Any last kind of final kind of words on him? I, I I'm I'm reluctant to kind of go too deep in, in into discussing him from my own point of view, even though I've done a lot of talking because I don't really know how lot about him, as I say. But have you got any other last kind of parting pieces on him that you you'd like to to mention? Um, n- not particularly. I think just just a s- summary of what I said. I think he's. I'm 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 skeptical that he's ready for this level yet. Um, just because some of those defensive issues and sort of an attacking output problem. Uh, but in terms of development, they're very fixable issues for the most part. And he's a very, very good profile fit. And look, as I say, um, potentially, we always said that, you know, there is going to have to be filler pieces brought in here. We prefer to have them as potential as opposed to maybe Ludwig Augustinsson's coming in to fill up the squad that way. Mm-hmm. I myself would prefer, and that's no slight on Augustinsson. I thought he was actually pretty okay. It was just we never saw him and he got injured. But, you know, somebody is on the 28, 29 spectrum as opposed to being on the 20, 21 uh, spectrum of age. That to me is a bit more exciting because it's a number one resale value, which is, to be honest with you, who am I? I me talking about resale value, that's not something I usually get into. I, I, I'm going to catch fire, I think, after this because I mentioned it. But it is an actual thing, specifically when you see so many clubs in the Premier League now, even Manchester United and Newcastle talking about financial fair play. Um, suddenly teams are being reminded of it. So, Five five million is 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 a nice a nice uh, amount of money, and then hopefully he turns into um, a Man City youth player, and someone just decides to buy him for twenty million off us without ever playing for us. That would be cool too, because uh, mm-hmm. I can't get my head around what's happening with that with the Man City academy. I have no idea what's going on there. When Anthony Alanga, who's got fifty caps for Man Man United, and a couple of goals, I think four, maybe five goals, goes for fifteen million. I can I can stomach that. When kids who've never never played international football or play, mm-hmm. never played uh, senior football, maybe like Shea Charles, nothing against him, could turn out to be absolutely fantastic. 13 million, never played senior football, albeit has played mm-hmm. eight times for Northern Ireland. But like, I just, it, it's, not a, it's not a comment on their, on their ability. It's a comment on, on, like, I'm a show me type person. So, uh, you know, it's just on what they've done. Uh, and those prices are um, fair play to Man City for getting them, is what I would say. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. Anyway, I think that's going to do it. I nearly went off into a rant about financial fair play in Man City again, and people are sick of that. But, Steve, thanks so much for joining me today. Today uh, At Villa Analytics, everybody, you're following him already. I, I always feel patronizing whenever I talk about people who've got much larger followings than I do. But I'm just pr- appreciative of your time, Steve. And, uh, you know, we must do this again more often because, as I mm-hmm. say, it's been quite a long time. I'd say that Chuck checked the curate conversation might have been the last one that we yeah, had and, and see where he went on to 70 being linked to a 70 million pound move to, to Liverpool. yeah great well very good player but also nearly killed one of our players last year so uh the less said about him the better here until he's wearing carrot and blue but um thanks so much Steve, for coming on really really appreciate it always a pleasure. and uh 
And to everybody else, we have a giveaway going on Twitter at the moment for a Moose the Abbey shirt. All you got to do is like the tweet, retweet the tweet, and follow us on Twitter. It's simple as that. Um, go find the original tweet and do that, and you may be in with a chance to win uh, Moose of the Abbey shirt. Uh, the competition, in case you're watching this back after the event, competition closes on Monday the 31st of July. We will be announcing a winner um, on the morning, Monday the 31st of July. But get involved if you're only watching this now. Um, again, thanks a million, Steve, and thanks a million to everybody out here for watching. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network.